you know, we might be too old for this shift. What's up, geeks? My name is Kev, and I am definitely supposed to be here today on the Geek-Centric Podcast. Today, we're clocking in for our kind of spoiler-free review of Clerks 3. But not only that, we got to watch the movie with and even meet Kevin Smith as part of the Clerks 3 convenience tour experience. Clerks 3 began a limited theatrical run starting in September, and while Smith continues his convenience tour across North America, the film is now available in digital form on Prime, Apple TV, YouTube, and a slew of other places. Now, before we get started, if you're joining us for the first time, well, we are Geekcentric, a podcast focusing on the world of TV, movies, games, toys and collectibles, and all things Geekcentric. Of course, just like Randall couldn't possibly run the quick stop on his own, joining me today on the program... He's the Dante to my Randall, the J to my silent Bob. He likes all kinds of movies because he's no film snob. He just turned 30, so he's no longer a young pup. But before he watches a movie, he loves to spark one up. What's up, Dars? <laughs> How are you today? Uh, I'm good. Uh, I have indulged in some greenery before sitting down to talk about this because I feel like it's only right to talk about uh, Kevin Smith under the influence of uh, his favorite green. I think I think it's almost uh, a requirement for for a, a, a review like this, and I mean, uh, I, I think he came onto the stage before the movie stoned. He smoked during the movie and came back for his Q and A even more stoned, and he looked pretty ripe when we uh, met him backstage afterwards. So, oh yeah, I mean, he was talking about how he he recently signed a, a partner deal with some weed company up here to to bring his own strain up here, so. I can't wait to try that out because looking at him, it's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's too true. No, that's that is actually uh, going to be very cool to try out some official Jay and Silent Bob uh, uh, smokery, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I hope they have names like Snoochie Boochies and stuff <laughs> like that. Uh, but I we'll definitely so. be keeping an eye open for that. Uh, now, as someone that's been a Kevin Smith fan since the the time I first saw Dogma, that was my first Kevin Smith movie. Um, you know, because of that, uh, when I heard he was going to go on tour to promote his latest movie and that there was a chance to actually meet the man, I was stoked for the opportunity. Uh, I wanted to ask you, Dars, um, me personally, I've seen all but two Kevin Smith movies, so I'm wondering how much of the View Askew universe, uh, which is, of course, the world within which most of Kevin Smith's movies take place, have you explored? Uh, I think I'm around two or three out myself. Uh, I know I haven't seen the most recent Jane Silent Bob reboot, Uh I want to check that out now after seeing this this movie because I forgot that there was one. So that was exciting. But yeah, another. I don't think I've seen uh, Jersey Girl or uh, yeah, I can't think of the other one off the top of my head. But I, I, I know is the I first one I Tusk. Tusk. I know I haven't seen Tusk. Yep. Um, and then uh, I don't think I've seen the Hosers one. Um, Yoga Hosers. I did watch that. Yoga one, Hosers. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but so you said Mallrats was your first. Mallrats uh, was my first, first experience with uh, in the Viewsk universe, and I quickly fell in love with the just the world and universe that he was creating in those movies. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. There's a there's a certain there's a very unique and particular flair that uh, mm-hmm. Smith brings to most of his movies. Um, and you know, there's you know, I I respect that uh, he did try for at least a while to branch out with that. He tried a few different things with uh, the aforementioned Tusk, with uh, Red State, um, Jersey Girl, which actually is far better than 
uh, you could ever believe. It's actually a really sweet, lovely movie. Maybe, maybe in my opinion, the last good movie he actually made. Oh, um, I'll have to check it out. Then. Yeah, so <laughs> I would honestly recommend people checking that out. Uh, but uh, with this movie, obviously with uh, the Jay and Silent Bob reboot, he's he's going back to his roots. There's rumors of a Mallrat sequel that he's working on. And then uh, as part of the Q&A after the movie, he even teased that he'd like to complete the Jay and Silent Bob trilogy with, with another movie there uh, in a few years. So... Uh, yeah, it, he doesn't seem to be slowing down uh, for better or worse. Uh, <laughs> I'll I'll maybe elaborate on that a bit more as we get into our thoughts on the movie. But first, uh, I wanted to talk about the actual convenience tour experience. Uh, Kevin Smith is currently on a 50-city tour across North America exclusively, I think, based on the dates that I saw, uh, where he's showing the movie and uh, he's presenting the fans in attendance with a Q&A after the film. And then for an additional fee, uh, you can also partake in a VIP experience, where, uh, which we did, where we got to meet uh, and have our pictures taken with Smith and also received a signed copy of the Clerks 3 script. Uh, so I just wanted to start, uh, what did you think of the, the Q&A and VIP experience, Dars? Well, the Q and A was great. Kevin Smith can talk for as long as I want, as long as he wants to about anything, and I'll listen because this guy is so entertaining. And he really only answered four questions over that whole Q, like an hour long Q and A, even though it was only supposed to be half an hour. He just loved to talk, and the, the stories he was telling was great. So that was awesome. And meeting him afterwards, he, again, he was he had just stepped outside for a joint, so he was in a great mood, which I think goes a long way when you're meeting someone. They're happy to be there too because. I mean, he's high. You're always happy when you're high. <laughs> yes, big time. And, and, you know, I think he seems like a pretty jovial guy just around the clock. Anytime you ever see him doing interviews, talking. If he's talking about movies and meeting his fans, he seems like he's genuinely enjoying the experience. And he really was uh, one of those celebrities where you, you actually felt like he, he cared about meeting you. Um, he was spending as much time as the his handlers would let him listening to his fans tell their their Kevin Smith stories about how the what the movies meant to him. And, and it was only when the photographer and the, the other people running the event made people leave that they'd actually have to, to get out of the way for the next person to take the picture. So it was it, it definitely was one of those genuine um, meet and greet experiences that was that was that it, it, it was nice to meet your hero in, in, a, in a matter of words and it actually be a good experience. hundred mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, percent. I haven't done many meet and greets personally myself. I've met a couple of bands and stuff like that, but they're always very like rushing you through quickly and even the guys signing or meeting aren't all that thrilled to be there. But like you said, Kevin Smith seems to love his fans just as much as we love him. So it was a very heartfelt experience, even though it was only a few seconds we got with him. Yeah, it felt like it was longer. It felt like mm-hmm. it, it, it uh, you know, yeah, it just felt like it was worth it. Now, was it worth the, because this was no cheap experience. This was between the movie ticket, uh, which was close to $50, and then the VIP uh, experience, which was another $140, $150. This was close to a $200 uh, event, uh, which is by far the most I've ever spent uh, on a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you say it was worth that price? Well, I mean, when you look at some of the other meet and greet prices, like at Fan Expo, and you're getting just a quick through the plexiglass shot sometimes these last few years and stuff like that, it kind of seems worth it because we got, we shook his hand, he he talked to us for a, a few seconds each type thing as he went down the line signing stuff for us, and then we got to meet him backstage again for the photo. I, I think it was, was worth it when you, again, comparing it to other 
meet and greets. Now, would I continue to do meet and greets? No, because I still think they're very overpriced and ridiculous for what they are. I I agree. And so, like you said, at least with this one, you know, he he gave everyone a hug. Um, he he he, you know. So maybe ask your name or, or like I said, listen to people talk for a few seconds there. You got the signed script, which is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, uh, we're apparently getting we were supposed to get lanyards. Those got caught over the border, which uh, interestingly enough, this is not <laughs> the first time we have heard the um, lanyards got stuck at the border excuse. I'm wondering what it is that the Canadian border has about letting lanyards over from the United States. But uh, they've promised us that they're shipping. Uh, them out to uh, is it Gotham Comics in Mississauga? Gotham Central. Gotham Central. Gotham Mississauga. Central. Yeah. And Kevin Smith claims that this is one of his favorite comic book stores. And as soon as he said that, before they even said uh, that that's where we were going to be able to pick up our lanyards, I thought, wow, that'd be a fun little, you know, uh, afternoon trip out to out to the SOG to check it out. So now we have a reason to. So I definitely think we're going to do that mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, check it out because it's, it's always neat to check out uh, a different comic book store. And when somebody who owns a comic book store uh, is saying it's worth worth a visit. It definitely seems like it is. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's get to our thoughts on the film. Clerks 3 is a workplace comedy written, produced, directed, and edited by Kevin Smith. After suffering a near-death experience, Randall enlists Dante, Elias, and Jay and Silent Bob to make a movie about the convenience store that started it all. The film stars Brian O'Halloran, Jeff Anderson, Trevor Furman, Austin Zizure, Jason Mewes and Rosario Dawson, as well as a slew of celebrity cameos, which is very much expected in a Kevin Smith movie of this variety. Uh, let's just jump right in. Darce, what were your thoughts on the film? What worked? What didn't? I kind of, I kind of, I know normally we sort of go what worked and then what didn't, but for me, they very much mesh together. So I think we're just going to have a general open discussion here about the film. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, when he opened up the show before he started the movie, and this is before the Q&A and everything like that, he said, this is basically a high school reunion where you're catching up with all these people you haven't seen in years, and you're surprised at where they are in their life now. And I feel like that sentiment rings true after seeing the movie. It was fun catching up with all these characters. They Lots of laughs and, and fun to be had. But at the same time, there were some some lulls in, in the pacing and stuff like that. And had I not been in the crowd with all that energy, I think it would have felt a lot longer and dragged on a bit more, unfortunately. Absolutely. I mean, there's when when the movie worked, it actually really did mm-hmm. work. And it was some of so the well. best moments from Kevin Smith movies that I've seen recently. You know, when he's when they're actually making uh, the film, when they're making fun of Kevin Smith movies and, and paying mm-hmm. homage to clerks, the movie really, really worked. But unfortunately, those moments are almost too few and far between. And those moments in between uh, were just, they were so, maybe maybe it was rushed. Maybe it was, I don't, maybe Kevin needs to work with some new people to get some fresh ideas. I'm not sure what it was, but some of it just came off a little amateurish, a little Bush League. It didn't feel like the work of a director making his 15th movie. You know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. it felt almost mm-hmm. film school in a, in a lot of the ways where it was yeah. just the most generic dialogue possible and, and that sort of thing. As a director, too, I know it's kind of his thing to do this, the, the one-on shots during a conversation and flip between the two angles. But this movie felt like it leaned on that a lot and almost had me wondering, like, how many of these scenes were filmed with them standing across from each other? Because of the angles that they were shooting at, it just seemed very 
odd and was kind of taking me out of it being like, well, where's that person you're talking to off camera? Because I'm supposed to be where they are and you're not looking at me type thing. It was very odd. Oh, that's interesting. And now I know that uh, much like the first Clerks movie, they went and filmed in the actual uh, quick stop location, uh, which is actually, interestingly enough, owned by the son of the person who owned it when the first movie was made. Um, But now, unlike the first movie where they were forced to film at night and had to revolve the whole story around that with the shutters closed and everything, they, they closed the store down for two weeks and got to film. There, but I wonder if because it wasn't a set that that maybe limited mm. a bit of how they were able to film some of those scenes, and that's why uh, you know it came off that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe it's just some of those, like you said, great dialogue and stuff like that. But some of the shooting and decisions made when portraying these conversations kind of had me scratching my head, being like, I understand what you're going for, but why was this the the best execution? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Now, in terms of performances, I actually thought Brian O'Halloran and uh, particularly Jeff Anderson uh, as Dante and Randall, respectively, uh, were pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought they, they, especially when the movie leaned more towards less of the comedic side and more of the the heartfelt, meaningful stuff, I thought they had some pretty good performances that maybe deserved a better script to sort Mm -hmm. of, uh, to sort of house those performances. Yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly there. It was they, they were great when it was working. And then, when again, they kind of fell back as they went through, like, okay, now we need to get to this scene and explain why we're going there. And it's just like, no, spend more time with those two and their relationship because we get so little of it that you remember who the characters are, but you want to know where the characters have been because it's been so long since we last seen them. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. And, you know, one standout performance for me from the film was Trevor Furman, who reprised his role uh, as Elias from Clerks 2. So good. Um, he was so, like, he was genuinely, in my opinion, the funniest part of the movie. And I Hands think he, down, took, yeah. he took some weird and awkward things and made them funny with just his commitment to them. And yeah, he just, he was, he was genuinely funny. I loved him in Clerks too, and just the fact that they completely took his character in a different direction, but still made—it's still the same guy. I thought it was uh, hilarious and great. I loved it. Like you said, funniest part of the movie. Yeah, definitely. And and um, you know, for I'm almost surprised that Trevor Furman doesn't get more work. I wonder if that's he he stepped away from acting entirely, um, because when you see how he can play awkward, um. And yet confident so, in this movie. At so the same good. time, he plays it so well. Yeah. Uh, and he's quite charming and endearing in this movie. Um, and it's nice to see him almost get the upper hand on uh, Randall in this movie rather than than being mm-hmm. the, the pushover that he was in Clerks 2. There was almost a lot of nice growth from his character that I, I unfortunately don't think you saw in Randall. Uh, enough, even though that was the point of the movie. Yeah, I feel like the growth with Randall, like again, it starts off with the premise of him having had that heart attack and then it goes from there. And where you think the growth to happen, it takes so long that by the time you actually do start to see him make a change, it's too late. And again, I feel like that kind of is the point of the story, but it is a bit disappointing to see because when... When Randall is learning and seeing the error in his way, it was such that was the moment where I was tearing up and really connecting with the the story. But then again, they deviate and go make some silly joke, and it's like ah, could have stuck with that a bit longer and have it you know ring true more. 
Absolutely. Uh, and now I have to say there's there's a whole ton of celebrity cameos in the movie, and we won't go into detail about who. To spo- you know, it's fun to have those be a nice surprise. But this has to be the 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 biggest list of of celebrity cameos I think I've ever seen in in a Kevin Smith movie. Yeah, for sure. And I just like how some of them are just for like a one second scene and then that's it. And it's just, again, I love how Kevin Smith has a connection with all these stars and are is beloved enough that people will come in and play these silly one-off roles. Yeah, because like obviously when you get somebody like Ben Affleck, it's because they've worked together so Mm -hmm. much in the past. But you know, okay, fine. I'll, I'll, like, there's a, there's Sarah Michelle Geller makes an appearance here, and, and I don't recall her being in any of Kevin I don't Smith's think so. earlier movies. And so it's, it just goes to show just how much of a connection he does end up getting in the, the, the Hollywood world with these people just meeting them that they, mm-hmm. they seem to genuinely like him enough that it's like, sure, I'll fly out to New Jersey or wherever it is that they filmed all those cameo scenes and I'll, I'll be in your movie for five minutes. You know, like, like you have to really, earn uh people coming out to do that for you and i guess kevin smith has has gotten that uh reputation in hollywood yeah i guess so i mean one of my favorite cameos from this recent movie was just randall mansplaining the mandalorian to amy sedaris's character and it's just like as a viewer that was just hilarious to me it's like she knows what she's talking about but then the character of course doesn't know a thing about the mando and it's so so well written these cameos he knows how to use stars in a way that'll be just just them being there will bring a smile to your face. It's funny. It took me it took me till almost the end of their their little scene to to figure out where I knew her from, <laughs> and then it really brought the whole uh, Mando um, joke to the front. And and that scene alone is kind of the the dichotomy of the film where I liked mm-hmm. it or didn't like it because their interactions on the surgery table are terrific. It's yeah. it's some of the best writing in the movie. And then you shift to her as the doctor explaining to him what his heart attack was, and and it just came off not as as a fun movie dialogue, no. but as like a PSA about taking care of your health, and and I, that could have been an underlying idea in the movie without it being so just like generically force fed to us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, again, without going into spoilers and stuff like that, it is Kevin Smith even addressed that during the Q and A about why it was so in your face and it, it makes sense with again, going the way that story does, but without knowing that when you're first sitting down to watch the movie and, and not knowing where the story is going, it is very jarring. And like, like you said, PSA, like we're like, okay, I understand. I'm just, I want to, I want to laugh right now. I don't want to think about my heart being clogged. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you, I think you can, you can get that message across without making your audience feel bad about the popcorn they're eating while mm-hmm. watching the movie, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, I just think that's where the balance was a little bit off. Um, um, but you know that, and so that sort of is a theme, uh, throughout the movie, but why don't we sort of wrap it up by, uh, giving our overall thoughts in the movie and giving it a score on a scale of one to five Jesus kites. <laughs> Oh, the kites. Uh, well, are we doing the movie or the whole experience? Um. Oh, that's a great question. Uh, you know what? Why don't we? Why don't you give give the talk about the experience in the movie? Give your score for the movie, and then yep. maybe if the experience bumps up that score, explain yeah. why. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 Uh. So yeah, I mean, I again have talked about how much I enjoyed this movie, and I also have mentioned what I didn't like and how it dragged on a bit, but. Again, because we saw it at this event where there were so many diehard fans there who have loved the View Askew universe and wanted to spend that money to go see it with this crowd, 
uh, it definitely went a long way to to you know ramping up those funny moments and making those those long drawn out periods f- feel a bit shorter because there is such a reaction to the funny parts. the The overall story I found very uh, it drew me in and was very like I was very in, uh, invested in it. By the end of it, it was just again some of that pacing had me falling out of it a bit as we were going through it. Uh, overall, I again I really like that movie. I think it was. Uh, a solid entry in the Viewisk universe. I'd say it's a solid 3.5 out of five uh, Jesus kites. Uh, but because we saw it and the experience we got afterwards talking to Kevin Smith and him talking about how the original script was completely different and where, it, where he got his connection to movies from through his dad and all that stuff really brought up the, what I thought back about that movie. And I'm like, this is his love letter to his dad and why, Movies are so important to people out there, and I can I really enjoyed that aspect of it. So it would definitely bring up the score to at least a four out of five Jesus Kites because hearing him talk about it really made the movie stand out a lot more in my memory. Nice. Okay. Okay. So I think I definitely think you're a bit higher on the movie than than I was. Um, you know, as we as I said earlier, it, it's it's kind of like Smith came up with a few fun ideas for the movie and then just quickly rushed to piece them together into a film. And so it's those long stretches in between the great jokes, the nods to the original clerks, uh, and even some poignant reflections on friendship and, and the frailty of life that that sort of anchors the movie toward uh, at the end. Those just came off as extremely amateurish. I don't know. It's just, uh, you know, I talked about how the hospital scene, th- there was some terrific writing. And then he's like, well, I also have to mention stuff about a heart attack. So I'll just quickly put this together. And, and the, the the lack of balance between the quality of writing in even just the same scenes was really staggering for me. Um, I generally find that Kevin Smith's movie at least have a consistent tone throughout. And so maybe he was trying something a little different here. Clearly, this is... This is the most personal of his movies when you talk when you, you know when you hear him talking about how it was his own heart attack as well as the death of his father that really was the basis for for the story that he put together here. I just I just felt like it didn't quite feel like you know a filmmaker writing and directing their 14th movie. Um it it felt like a film student who was learning how to write a script for the first time. Uh, and I mean, we're so far removed from that. We're almost 30 years from that stage of Kevin's career. And I mean, if you go and look at his IMDb, his last four movies are probably amongst my least favorite that he's done. And so that almost feels like a regression, unfortunately, because I did find that, you know, in in the early 2000s, he was really hitting a stride with his own identity, his own unique kind of filmmaking. And so while I really appreciated the elements of this that paid tribute and homage to his early days as a filmmaker, I just felt that this script could have used a bit more attention to detail for for some of those in-between moments where the script just didn't quite land for me. But again, there's some great performances here from from our three leads. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob, uh, you know, they, they they do their part here pretty, pretty well. They're, they 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 have the role that you kind of expect them to have in a movie like this. And I don't, uh, Jason Mewes has just always been, uh, ever since the first time you see him dancing outside of the convenience store or whatnot, he's, he, he's just... <laughs> a unique character in film history that I'm always happy to see, uh, even if just for a few minutes. I think fans of Kevin Smith, uh, in particular Clerks, will really appreciate some of the subtle details of this one. Um, I think if you're a fan of Kevin Smith in general, 
you'll get enough Kevin Smith in this movie to enjoy it. Uh, but it is a bit of a departure in terms of the seriousness that he tries to tackle within the movie here. And that either works really, really well or it falls a little flat, which is unfortunate. Uh, and I'm not sure how well this movie would resonate with somebody who hasn't experienced many Kevin Smith movies or isn't a big fan of the Clerks movies. Um, so on that note, I'm going to give this, uh, seems a little low, but I'm going to give it a 2.5 out of 5 Jesus Kites just because... Just because it didn't quite click. It didn't quite run on all cylinders for me. Um, so, yeah, the movie itself gets a 2.5 out of 5 Jesus Kites. Uh, but like you said, Darcy, the experience of, of getting to hear him talk about the movie really did enrich um, you know what it, uh, the experience and what it means to him. Getting to meet him, it's always nice when those things sort of live up to or even exceed your expectations. Uh, he genuinely seems like somebody who cares about his fans uh, and who likes to make movies for his fans. And, and so I think that puts him on a whole different level of filmmaker than, than a lot of people out there. Whether he's on their level as a filmmaker, that's to be debated. But I think as a person, I, you're you're going to be hard pressed to find somebody quite like him out there. And so I'll bump it right up to a four with you because I really did uh, enjoy that experience. And and it, after twenty plus years of being a fan, it lived up to expectations. Yeah, and, and I mean, we're talking about the script and everything like that. How it feels kind of rushed in some spots. And having flipped through the script that we got there. I mean, there seemed to be a, an intention to use Ranger Danger scenes, which is their in-universe Avengers team, as as ways to cut between things. I, I'm I'm glad that they didn't do that because I feel like we'd be even more uh, disjointed with the way that the story was paced because of that. So it's very, I mean, that was a cool thing to get from the script because now I can look back and say, oh, they did change some things. And I think it worked when they did make those changes. Nice. And I mean, part of the Q&A, a lot of the Q&A was actually dedicated to mm -hmm. him um, talking about his original idea for the movie. And while I'm not sure if it would have worked, it certainly would have been um, a bigger risk to take mm -hmm. um, in terms of the story he wanted to tell there. And it's interesting because I know that uh, originally him and uh, the actor who plays Randall, I don't know why I'm forgetting Jeff, his Jeff. name. Jeff Anderson? Yeah. Jeff Anderson, yes. Uh, they actually had a falling out over a potential script for Clerks 3 um, to the point where the movie wasn't going to get made. And I wonder if it's because it it was quite a controversial set yes. of ideas that involved yes. school shooting and, and a lot of violence. Uh, and then it was actually at a Clerks fan event where they were signing autographs and meeting with fans and, and got to talking that Kevin Smith said, okay, I'm going to change what I want to do with the script here because I want to work with you again and I want to find, you know, something that we can work on together that you'll enjoy making. And so, um, yeah, it's just interesting when you get to hear his perspective on the mm -hmm. transformation and the growth of this movie from where it started to where it ended up because it was drastically different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, there you have it. That's our spoiler-free-ish review for Clerks 3, as well as our experience of the Clerks 3 convenience tour. The movie's available pretty much wherever you rent digital movies and will be available on demand, Blu-ray, and DVD on December 6th. We want to know, did you or will you be attending the Clerks 3 convenience tour? And if you've seen the movie, where does it rank amongst Kevin Smith's movies for you? You can let us know at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com, or if that's a bit too much like checking expiry dates, 
updates on milk cartons, and you'd rather find the perfect dozen eggs, you can hit us up on Twitter at GeekcentricYT and on Instagram at WeAreGeekcentric. Obviously, you need to be a Clerks fan to get that reference, and uh, if you're not, I'm not even sure what you're doing here, but we're glad you're here anyways. Uh, as always, we have plenty of awesome content to check out. We recently finished our She-Hulk Attorney at Law Watch Club and are right in the middle of our watch club for Andor on Disney+. Plus. We have our spoiler-free review of Black Adam as well as our experience at the Black Adam Rocks Canada event. We have our weekly show, This Week in Geek, where we take a look at the latest news, trailers, and more from around the Geekiverse. So check those out wherever you listen to podcasts, and be, to sure, be sure to leave us a review so we know what you thought. Plus, we have a ton of interviews with the casts and crew of some of the biggest movies of the year. Those interviews can be found wherever you listen to podcasts or can be watched on our YouTube channel at youtube.com geekcentric. We're always working on bringing you new content. And uh, it's going to be a busy stretch here at Geek Centric to end the year. So keep your eyes and ears open for a ton of content coming your way. But until then, as we say, laters. Get home safe, guys. Love ya. Peace. <laughs> Snoochie boochie. <laughs>